Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the Sauce Town Stories podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cox. Um, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Um, please go follow us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, give us a subscribe. Leave us a rating, uh, perhaps, if you're so inclined. Um, on today's episode, we have a great guest, a guy I actually have not spoken to in some time, um, but a lot of you know him from Salem. I'm sure you're somewhat curious what he's been up to. He's crushing it um, as an attorney out in Omaha, Nebraska. So we talk about that a lot. He's involved in uh, a lot of criminal law, which is very um, interesting stuff. And we talk through that and some of uh, what goes into his day to day and then what goes on in his uh, his life living in, in Omaha, Nebraska as well. Um, so this is a great one. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. But before we get there, as always, a word from our sponsor, Ash Creek, Oregon. They started by growing the best tasting hazelnuts. Then they found the best chocolate. It isn't any more complicated than that. Pure, natural, simple, and delicious. They love their simplistic and natural way of life at Ash Creek and they believe their products should be a direct image of the life we so love. Their roasted milk and dark chocolate hazelnuts make the perfect gift for your friends and loved ones during any season. Go to ashcreekoregon.com and order today. And after that quick word from our friends at Ash Creek, Oregon, I am joined by today's guest. Um, He's a South Salem High School graduate. Uh, he's an attorney at law these days, which we'll obviously talk about. And he is, in my opinion, the owner of the best nickname in Saucetown history. Uh, that nickname is K-Flex, K-Flex, but his uh, real name is Kyle Flengey. K-Flex, how's it going, man? How you been, Matt? How's it going? I'm well. I'm, I'm doing well also just uh, down here at the parents' place for my, my last week in, in Oregon before I uh, take off and move. And wh- where are you joining us from? I'm from good old Omaha, Nebraska currently, just right downtown Omaha, Nebraska, kind of by TD Ameritrade where the College World Series is played. Very nice. That's a, that's a great location. Hey, so I, I was thinking going into this interview, I, obviously a lot of our listeners know you by your nickname, K-Flex. I have my, I think, story of where that came from. Do you recall when that, that nickname came about? So it was definitely during off-season football workouts. I know that for sure. And I'm pretty sure it started because I was like the least flexible person on the football team. I had to have been. You know, I'm just not very flexible. And uh, Coach Thompson would give me some crap about it. And it started out as K-Flexible. And then I think it was shortened down to K-Flex. That's my understanding. You may have a different interpretation, you know. But that's kind of where I – that's where I thought it started. Yeah, I remember Coach T taking it and running with it. I swear, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll tag him in the show notes and, and try to get an answer. I swear Gundy brought it from some, there was some like comedy show where there was a guy named K-Flex or something. And then it was like, okay, Kyle Flengey, this is this is on a T right here. But either way, um, K-Flex, definitely a much more badass nickname than, than K-Flexible, I will say. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> but we I'm will... glad that one didn't stick. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. And Coach T, uh, a legend in his own right, by the way, would love to have him on the pod. But um, today, let's let's talk about UK Flex. I um, obviously knew you all the way going back to literally Leslie Little League baseball. We were on the same team, so I've known you since I was. Uh, I'm a couple years older. I think I was ten, and you, or I guess I was eleven, and you were nine. But for our listeners. Um, tell us a little bit about your ties to the Salem area. I know you aren't, if I'm not mistaken, you aren't originally from Salem, but tell us a little bit about where you were born, uh, coming to Salem, your time in the Salem area, and then just kind of, uh, we'll, we'll dive in more later in the interview as far as details, but just a high level view of what you've been up to since graduating from South. Okay. So basically I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, moved to Salem, at eight years old and then i went to an elementary school in the sprague district that i don't even honestly know the name of and then i moved to the mckinley area went through the mckinley elementary and leslie middle school in south salem and i didn't actually graduate from south i moved in the middle of high school to lincoln nebraska and uh now i'm now i'm up in omaha and uh practice law and, you know, kind of doing that thing. So I, I went to South for two years and then moved in the middle of that. So. Okay. That's right. I, I completely forgot. Cause you, that would have been after two years, that was when I had already graduated. I totally forgot you took off um, mid high school. Yeah. And it, you know, it was just in the summer, so it was pretty smooth transition. It wasn't, you know, in the middle of classes or anything like that. So you know, it was, and it was a long time ago and yeah, it was, but it was pretty smooth. And, wh- and what do you remember going back to, I know you and I kind of met for the or, or originally along with my brother <clears throat> on those iconic uh, Phillies, Leslie Little League baseball teams. Wh- wh- what do you remember about those years? Oh, I mean, we were a juggernaut. I remember watching you when I, I used to play for the Orioles and when it was like the triple A squad. And your dad was there scouting me. I, I remember that, you know, in vivid detail. And then I remember watching you basically just no hit everyone that I watched um, in the in those majors games. And uh, yeah, and then I was I joined the team and I think we won the championship. You know, me and Chad definitely won two championships going back at it. We were we were a dynasty in our own right. I. I, those were some good days for sure. You definitely, when, when you were a 12 year old, you definitely carried us to the championship. It was basically you and then a bunch of us young spry kids and you carried us for sure. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate that little, little ego boost. Um, lot, lot of good players on that team. Certainly I can, uh, I can share this with you now uh, because you brought up my dad. Um, scouting you when when you were in triple a my and, and i can say this um because i'm a fellow guy with a, a large cranium and my dad is as well um but he had a working theory with young baseball players that if they had a large head it meant they were going to be a good player um so i so that that was uh, along with you hitting the crap out of the ball and pitching he had a working theory he took you obviously my brother big head guy and those uh those picks all worked out very well 
well, we need to get your dad signed up to be a scout for the actual Orioles so that he can save my franchise for me. Oh my goodness. I know they are a disaster. Um, but you do have, uh, you do have Adley Rutschman. Who's We've got uh, Adley. We're, we're saving him. Yeah. Is he, uh, for, for our listeners that don't know, Adley Rutschman, uh, Sherwood kid played at Oregon state was an absolute stud best player in the country. He's the number one prospect, uh, in all of baseball right now. K flex. Have you gotten any, are the Orioles planning on bringing him up next year to save his service time or what's that? That seems to be the plan. Um, I think they wanted, they had him in double a for quite a while. And I think that was to get some familiarity with their top pitching prospects. A lot of their top pitching prospects are on their double a team and they just play Adley. And I think they'll just have him finish the year and then probably bring him up at the beginning of the year. Next year is kind of my, what I've been reading and my play on things that there's no sense in bringing them up right now when they're losing 18 straight games, you know, it's just, it's not a good situation to bring them up in right now. So I, I think that, you know, early part of the early part of next season is when I see him making his debut. That would make sense. That, that's a pretty cool one for, for people from Oregon. Cause I mean, obviously him being from Sherwood, but he was not that, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was a good player, but this was not a guy that anyone was projecting was going to be the number one pick in the MLB draft. And then he just absolutely uh, just developed like crazy um, hitting, catching, et cetera, at Oregon State. And now um, you're going to get a chance to to hopefully watch him uh, tear it up for your for your favorite pro team. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's the funky part about baseball is you just, you know, you got your dad's big head theory. I mean, there's <laughs> there's some truth to that. Like, you don't – you just never know who's going to develop and, and what they're going to develop into. That's why I think it's it's still one of the best – you know, it's my favorite sport to pay attention to. Just You just never really know what's going to happen, and I, I kind of like that. So, and, and walk me through your, your sports fanhood landscape because I know you have – you've always liked Baltimore teams. You're a Ravens guy as well, but then you also like Nebraska. And I can't remember if that's just from you moving out there recently, or if that was a long time thing. And then you're also, you, you, you mentioned born in Phoenix. So where do they fit into the landscape? Yeah. So I don't really um, have many, I'm not a fan of any of the Arizona teams. I just okay. never really clicked my dad and my dad's side of the family is all from Baltimore. So I've cheered for the Ravens and the Orioles my entire life. And then when I was in Oregon, you know, we had your family and some other Beaver families. I would basically play both sides. I was kind of a pain in the ass where I would just act like I was a fan of one team one (laughs) week and then one team the next week just to try and get tickets to games like from Dan Farrington and those types of people because I just – I liked going to both – stadiums and I like going to games at both places so I was a fan of both teams really I was one of those people and uh when I moved out to Nebraska I ended up going to Nebraska so I'm obviously a fan of Nebraska and I just and I, I've I moved here at clearly the wrong time for Nebraska sports but uh the, the, that was a thing when you moved there though that you were not a long time Nebraska guy not at all I didn't even Got it. I didn't know that it was such a big religion out in Nebraska until I got here, went to that first game. And it was, it's kind of life-changing those big college football environments and those big, you know, big conferences. It's, 
it's cool on the west coast but there's some crazy there's some crazy venues that you guys need to check out if you're into college football gotcha and then the ball the baltimore piece of it if i recall your dad is from baltimore do i have that right yeah just he was born and raised in uh he was born and raised in the inner harbor in baltimore and all of his you know my grandparents are from there my aunts and uncles are all from there so i just i've cheered for the orioles and ravens my entire life and obviously the orioles have been bad for about every year except for about three years of my life so that's been a struggle yeah at least you've had the ravens though a couple super bowls there what's your what's your outlook for this year i know lamar's had some good success his first two years but um we did get the one playoff win last year do you think they uh the ravens take the next step this year yeah i mean it's it's been like that the last couple of years. I mean, Super Bowl or bust. You know, I just if they don't win a Super Bowl, it's a failure of a season. Do I think they're built to win the Super Bowl? I don't know. I think they drafted Rashad Bateman and they, you know, picked up Sammy Watkins. I think their receivers are a little bit better than they were last year where they're running out. Willie Sneed is their number two receiver last year. You know, they've kind of upgraded that position. I think Lamar will take the next step, but – yeah, they've, I mean, they've shown in the playoffs the last couple of years that, you know, when stuff hits the fan, they're not ready for it. You know, they get hit in the mouth and they're not ready for it, where they're used to hitting people in the mouth first and then just kind of coasting the rest of the game. So we'll see if they are finally ready for that. They had some crucial injuries last year, so hopefully they can avoid those. But, you know, there will always be one or two of those. Right. So let's, let's – uh kind of backtrack to what you're up to. So you go to the school in Nebraska um, and then you make the move up to Omaha. Um, tell us, so my parents were actually just doing a trip through the Midwest. I know they met up with you in Omaha and really enjoyed the city. Tell us a little bit about the the Omaha lifestyle or, or what you like about it. Cause you have been out there um, for a number of years now. Yeah, so I, I went to the University of Nebraska, which is in Lincoln. And then when I went to law school, I went to a small Jesuit law school, Creighton. They're, they're known for their basketball, you know, so you're only really going to hear that name when it comes NCAA tournament time. But Creighton is a small school in uh, downtown Omaha. So I went there for law school, and I've been here pretty much ever since then. Um, the one nice thing about Omaha is, you know, you got the big city flavor. There's still, you know, there's about a million people in the metro, um, but it is, it's still got kind of that small town, Nebraska. There's cornfields scattered through the city, some, you know, in different areas. Um, the one nice thing is they're pretty good about scheduling events here. You know, we have the College World Series. There's a lot of big concert venues and sporting events and stuff like that. So, that can kind of keep people busy. Um, I, it's pretty much a, it's a really great place to live if it weren't for the weather and the, you know, the natural, we don't have mountains here like you guys have out there. Mm -hmm. So that can be kind of a, a bummer to getting outside and stuff like that. But you know, it's brutally hot in, in the summer, your parents experienced that it was like 110 when they were here. And then, uh, in the winter, you know, it gets down to the negatives. So that, if it weren't for the weather, it wouldn't be, it would be a pretty nice place to stay. Got it. I, I got to ask you, cause I, uh, well, at least I like to fancy myself kind of a 
investing nerd guy. I like to read a lot of stuff about it. Maybe not the most successful, but I, I find it interesting. Have you ever run in to, uh, as people know, Warren Buffett has lived in Omaha forever. Have you ever run into Warren Buffett out and about anywhere? I've never run into him. I've been to the, the Berkshire meeting a couple of times. Um, and his house is like three blocks from mine. You oh, know, wow. he lives, he lives in, you know, kind of an ordinary house for Warren Buffett standards. And uh, so I see, I see his house pretty much every day, but I've never actually seen the man himself. I've, I've seen pictures posted on Twitter of people at ice cream shops with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett before, but I've never had the luxury of, of, of running into him. Is he considered like, is he a, a big deal out there? Like, is he a, a truly a local legend, local celebrity or, or do people not really care that much he's definitely a local i would i mean he's definitely a legend definitely a celebrity he's he does seem like he's kind of a recluse i mean he is mm -hmm. 90 years old or whatever he is so he's not really out and about like he used to be i'm sure but um i think he's definitely a legend i just think people here kind of take him for granted you know mm -hmm. it's just it's almost like an expectation and it's not as big a deal as it was 20 years ago in Berkshire. I just think with, with the way that the markets are working, you know, it, no one really talks about Berkshire as the next cool investment stock to buy. So I think kind of, I think people kind of take that for granted as well. Right. When you can buy Dogecoin, who, who on earth exactly. would, want, would want Berkshire Hathaway? My goodness. That and I think there's, prob there's probably some political stuff there too. Like <laughs> obviously Omaha, Nebraska, in general is pretty conservative and Buffett seems to lean more toward the left and that doesn't bother me, but it probably bothers some people I'm sure. So I, I think that probably goes into that equation a little bit too. Mm -hmm. That, that makes sense. Um, so as far as what you're, you're doing, we'll go, we'll talk career wise first. Um, so you're, you're an attorney now. I did, I checked your link in. You've really, you've climbed the ranks from, um, Gosh, not legal assistant, but not para paralegal to associate attorney to an attorney attorney now. Um, what kind of law are you practicing? Yeah, and you you actually just reminded me. I really need to update my LinkedIn. So I just I started my own law firm on, oh, wow. in April. So I run my own law firm. Um, I do primarily criminal defense, and then I do... A little bit of family law, which I really don't like doing at all. And then uh, some probate, you know, your wills, trusts, and then you mm -hmm. kind of run through that probate process with people. But I'd say my my practice is probably 80% criminal defense, which is what I enjoy. And I think it's interesting. And that's probably what I'll do the rest of my life, unless something um, cooler or more exciting or you know, something like that happens, I guess. But I, I enjoy the day-to-day -day of the criminal defense. You know, Matthew McConaughey, Lincoln lawyer, that's what I want to be, right? Absolutely. Do you, so when you're, when I'm reading about law and, and particularly criminal defense, right? Like you said, Lincoln lawyer, it's the criminal defense is the one that's always highlighted in, in movies and in Hollywood. You know, we're not watching, um, movies about uh, divorce proceedings right we're watching murder trials yeah. things like that is it is it accurate when i because I, I always read about this 
that about even in criminal law, like the vast, vast majority of the cases do not go to trial. Is that true or in your experience or no? Yeah, no, it's definitely true. Um, I would say a higher a higher percentage of family divorce cases go to trial than criminal cases. Um, I think I've had I've had four trials in my entire I've, I've practiced criminal defense for two years. I've had four trials. I've had you know, 400 cases. So it, that gives you kind of a, a snippet of that. Um, it's the movies are actually fairly accurate if you get to that trial stage. So like when you're actually having a jury trial, you feel like you're on a movie. You know, that's all pretty accurate. What you see on TV shows, that feels like an actual trial. But the day to day stuff is not accurate because obviously it's not as sexy as, you know, those <laughs> trials. Is it accurate? So the one I always think of that that I that sort of gets a lot of holes punched in it is is the the iconic Tom Cruise, "You can't handle the truth," where he's screaming at the witness, I, I, I or, or or the suspect. I take it you're not ever allowed to do that, right? No, that would probably be frowned upon, and that's where the <laughs> difference is. You know, there's never like a smoking gun. I'm gonna pull out of my pocket and be like, "Gotcha." You know, that never is really a thing in law. Like each side has plenty of notice on what you know, exhibits are going to be presented and stuff like that. You can't really just pull them out willy nilly um, in most, in most cases. So that, that's the type of stuff that is not all that accurate, but I, you know, I think the, the kind of like the ebb and flow of a trial on TV is pretty similar to what you, you know, what they kind of are in person. Got it. So you definitely find that criminal criminal defense much more interesting um, than the family and the law and probate stuff, it sounds like. Um, we talked off air a little bit. I I know you are having, I'm not sure how far along it is, but having thoughts of potentially moving back to Oregon. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I enjoy Omaha, but I'd like to, I always like to keep my options open. It kind of started when my my mom is originally from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, her her parents have both passed away and they left her a lake house. And my my mom and dad will be retiring up there. And my sister just moved out there as well to Seattle. So, you know, somewhere in the northwest, I figure I may keep my options open if I want to move closer to family. So I've started the process of applying to the Oregon bar and, uh, you know, kind of seeing where that takes me. I mean, if it doesn't come to fruition i'm completely fine staying here where i'm at but i just always like to keep my options open and if i need to get closer to family or you know kind of rekindle those friendships from the past that that'd be great you know that'd be great as well yeah absolutely i know everybody out here um would would certainly uh love to have you back even though it sounds like you're doing doing great out in omaha where are your uh what part of seattle are your parents moving into where's the the lake house so it's uh the, the lake is Lake Burien. It's in Burien. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Which, you know, is kind of, you know, if I would have said Burien five years ago, it, it was probably a little bit sketchy back then. But it's gotten a little bit, you know, it's kind of on the up. But the lake itself is pretty nice. It's close to the, it's close to Seahurst Park by the ocean. And I think it's a great spot. It's close to the airport. So it's pretty easy to visit um, that area. So I'm, I'm excited for for my parents, they're they they just got the, you know, they just officially have the house as of 
you know, 10 days ago and they've been doing some projects on it. So it's pretty exciting times. Gotcha. I, I want, I meant to ask you this when we were, I kind of got off track um, as far as your move back to Salem, but we, we talked off air. You, you mentioned there's a interesting case or two that you're working right now. Uh, I know there's certain uh, restrictions on, on what you can share, but can, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I was thinking about, some of my interesting ones. And um, I think one of my more interesting ones that I actually ended up winning and, you know, sometimes you win at trial. Sometimes you can win on a pretrial motion to suppress where you're keeping certain evidence out of, you know, out of trial and you basically win. Then I, I had a case where my client was arrested with 17 pounds of meth in a van and uh, we actually got it suppressed. But what was interesting was, and this is kind of me putting on my tinfoil hat and never was able to kind of confirm this because it got dismissed, but I'm pretty sure he, he was from Mexico and I'm 99% sure that the cartel down in Mexico, you know, told him, Hey, you need to drive this up to Omaha, Nebraska, or we're going to kill you and your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was almost having to go down that road of getting an expert um, to, you know, come testify that this is a thing that happens and stuff like that. So I was, I was down, you know, almost like this narcos level stuff. And that was pretty interesting. I thought I've had a couple, you know, I have a, I have a shooting, I have a couple shootings, um, you know, one at a mall and stuff like that. So it's just, it's, you know, it's hard to say how interesting it is from like a legal perspective, because sometimes people won't really understand that. And they, you know, they don't really know what's interesting about it, but I just thought, there's been some, you know, pretty high level cases that um, because of I-80, uh, the big interstate that runs through Omaha, we get some of that type of stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, those shootings are pretty interesting. The one was at a mall and uh, I don't I've never do, I don't actually qualify to do any sort of like murder cases yet, but I can do some of the offshoot stuff. So, you know, if my client were charged with you know, aiding and abetting or, um, you know, after the fact, driving the guy away or something like that, then I can, I'm qualified to do those types of cases right now. Mm-hmm. And from a, it's, it's your profession, but from a personal standpoint, that's when you have a guy like that, we'll, we'll go back to the meth case where, you know, he kind of, at least you, your suspicion is that he's kind of just a victim of circumstance. Like if somebody tells you, you got to do this, or I'm going to kill you, he's going to do it. Um, I mean, how that's got to be fulfilling for you, right? Is I, both personally and professionally, because in a way, I mean, you, you sort of save that guy's life. I mean, he's probably looking at, I don't know the numbers, but that had to be a, a significant number of years in prison. Yeah, no, it's definitely fulfilling when you, you know, even when you get a case just flat out dismissed and they were maybe looking at a year, you know, it's still, it definitely makes you feel good. It's probably my most, um, ask question is kind of like how I take kind of the mentality of, you know, representing bad guys, quote unquote. And I feel like I do a fairly good job of, you know, um, kind of separating the the morals from my profession. You know, everyone is entitled to a defense. So I do my best to do that for them. And at the end of the day, 95% of my clients, you know, that they may be, just flat out guilty and it's just my job to kind of run them through the process 
and try and get as good a deal as possible and kind of go from there. But the, the morals are tough to, they can be tough to balance sometimes, especially if you're, you know, deposing an innocent victim. Like that's kind of when I feel like an asshole, you know, if I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to make this person who was robbed out to be not credible. And, you know, they were just in the wrong place, wrong time. And they were a victim and you've got to depose them and try to make them look like they're, you know, like they're the bad guy. So that kind of, that's when I feel like I'm kind of, a, you know, the slum, the, the scumbag lawyer, but it, you know, it's just part of the job sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's our legal system, right. For it to work, no matter who your client is, you have to do your best possible job defending them. Right. No, exactly. And, uh, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, the serious charges, those clients are definitely, I've run into this thing where the more serious the charge, the actually the better the client is for me because they just don't bother me as much as like the little petty stuff. I have some DUIs where my clients just will not stop asking me questions and calling me and blowing up my phone where you have those more serious robberies and gun charges. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to trust my lawyer. And, uh, you know, so it's just, it's been, that's been kind of the learning curve is the client management side of things. Um, that's where the biggest, that's what they don't teach in law school. Well, it sounds like you're crushing it. You've opened your own, your own firm out there. I'm sure you could open your own one out here or get hired uh, very quickly. If you do choose to come out to the Northwest, um, aside from, uh, obviously what you do professionally, which is very interesting, um, and I'm glad we got to talk about it. What What do you do? What are you doing for fun these days? I know you're you're a huge sports fan. Do you have any hobbies or anything you've picked up uh, in Omaha that you like to do in your free time? Um, I mean, I all a lot of my friends are pretty nerdy about fantasy, football, as you can probably relate to that. Oh yeah, um, so definitely do. You know, we're watching when football season's around, we're watching college football on Saturdays and we're watching NFL on Sundays. I mean, that's just a ritual. Um, but other than that, I mean, I've with Nebraska, there's a, so the lack of kind of mountains and trails and stuff in Nebraska, there seems to be a excess of golf courses. So I golf all the time when the weather's good. Um, I'm actually going to be golfing after this, you know, just at like a league that I'm a part of. So that's, Probably my main sports hobby now is I do some golf, play some sand volleyball during the weeks, do some slow pitch softball, you know, because I'm still I can't quite close the yearbook yet. So I have to you know, kind of relive in the glory days and, you know, hitting some home runs and slow pitch softball. will bring that back real quick. There you go. Are you uh, can you can you hit it as far off the tee as you can? Well, obviously farther, but are, can you smack it off the tee like you can a, a baseball? Uh, not quite. I've lost, I've lost a little bit of it for sure, but, um, you know, the ball's a little bit bigger, so it helps. I, you know, I usually hit, you know, one or two every couple games and that's about it, but it, it's, it's a good time. It's, it's like, a our softball team's just basically a bunch of washed up high school players and it's just kind of a beer rec league thing, but it's pretty fun. That's how it should be. I, I, I can't deal with the guys who try to take – I mean, it's fun to go out there, but I, I can't deal with the guys who try to take it too seriously and, and relive their – you know, their screaming at teammates and things like that. It's, uh, it's a good time to go have a few beers and, and hang out with some buddies for sure, though. No, for sure. And, and that's kind of what's nice about Omaha. You know, there's all those 
there's pretty much a league for anything. You know, there's a ton of sand volleyball that people play here. There's a ton of ultimate Frisbee, you know, that type of stuff that I don't really do. So that seems to be pretty well run throughout the city, which is nice. Great. Well, K-Flex, before I let you go, this is the, the end of the pod where I always kind of give our guests a chance um, to give any shout outs or just anything you want to say. But I do know specifically um, you were you reached out to me, um, but you are looking to kind of make some connections with attorneys out here in Salem, where most of our listeners are, or just the Northwest in general. Um, the floor is yours if you want to um, say anything in regards to that or really anything else um, that you want to leave our, our listeners with. Oh, man, I should have prepared something. But, yeah, I mean, if anyone knows any any lawyers out there that are looking for, you know, a good partner or associate, let me know and love to get in contact with them. I'd like to, you know, shout out you and you and the Cox family. I uh, enjoyed meeting with your parents. And then, obviously, Chad, he sound, I, I listen to Chad's podcast. I listen to Mark's podcast. They seem to be doing great. Um, Chad's bangles are still pretty rough, so, <laughs> you know, hopefully they can, I don't know that O line that's going to screw them, but we'll see. I mean, and then, um, you know, that's pretty much it. I just I miss everyone. And I w I would love to, you know, schedule a time to have people up at the, at the lake in Seattle sometime and kind of, you know, have a, you know, have a little trip up in Seattle. I think that'd be a great time. So people need to. I'm going to start, hit, I'm going to start randomly hitting up people here, you know, next summer. So don't be, don't be, don't be scared when I randomly message you. I don't think, I, I don't think anybody can, can say no to a lake house. So that sounds awesome. And uh, on top of that, if you come out, come back out here uh, to the Northwest, I know everybody will be, uh, will be very excited about that. So K flex uh, thanks again for making time today. It was, it was awesome talking to you. No, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Uh, great. I love the podcast. I'm not quite as interesting as these, you know, European basketball players and these people that are doing some crazy stuff. It's awesome to see everyone doing so well out there. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing my Saul Goodman and trying to hang on. But the, everyone that you've interviewed, they're just so interesting. And I'm just happy that they're all crushing it. So I appreciate you bringing that to the light. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you listening and, and certainly don't sell yourself short. You're uh, a very interesting guy as well, and you're, you're doing really well. So we're all proud of you out here. So with that, thanks again, K-Flex. Yeah, thank you very much.